Welcome to another episode of Techman Talks Dynamics. Uh, I'm Liam and I'm joined by my colleague who heads up our CRM and Power Platform team, Jason Tromans. Hello. Uh, and today we're going to have a little chat around Power Platform, focused on that today. And predominantly, um, Power Platform has been around, or probably really that name's been around for what, a couple of years now, two, three years. Some of the products are a little bit longer. Yep. But um, obviously this idea of a low code or um, a, a no code, it's probably a little bit of a stretch, but a low code solution for, for a lot of end users, citizen developers, whatever you want to call them, to, to take some of those tools and build off our core products um, has been fantastic. But they've always been quite new products. There's been some, um, some some gaps, some concerns around how certain things are done. Yep. Um, we're starting to see the products mature now. And I know you were off, uh, we're recording this really early in July 23. And you were off a couple of weeks ago at uh, a conference over in Dublin. Yep. All about the power platform, nothing but the power platform. It was. Yep. Um, and you came back with quite, you know, quite enthusiastic about some of the changes that we're seeing in the products. Yep. And so we thought we'd have a little chat around that. So is there a general um, overview of the, the conference that you, you could just sum it up? So um, it's the second time that this conference has, has ran. It's called the European Power Platform Conference. Um, it's run by a team that have historically done a lot around Azure SharePoint type conferences and I think got get good attendances. Um, but from our point of view, we, we thought that they did it for the first time last year, got about 500-ish people attend. We didn't go. And this year we thought, you know what, it's probably we should go explore what that conference does um, and what the content is, if we can take some nuggets of knowledge to go. And there were some people from Microsoft attending, so... Um, Charles, um, obviously, who heads kind of the whole of Power Platform from Microsoft. Um, April, who um, is kind of big around kind of Power Automate and Flow. So they all kind of, there's a good few people that flew, flew over from Redmond in Microsoft. And those that don't know, that's kind of where Microsoft kind of are based kind of from a HQ point of view. It's where a lot of the kind of the key people are. Um, so they flew over. We spent kind of four days, three, four days in Dublin, took one of the team as well with us. Um, we did a workshop day to start off with, learned a little bit more hands-on kind of workshops, um, experience kind of learning some of the build techniques of certain areas that maybe we hadn't spent too much time looking at already. Um, and then um, two full days of kind of traditional conference. Now, I guess the headlines are, last year it was 500 people, just over 500 people that attended. This year, just over 1,200 people. Okay attended um, and that was across 41 countries and there was a mix of partners like us and then there was also probably um, a number of end users and I'd probably say where they're probably quite large organizations as well that they've taken the time to say do you know what I'm going to send my business systems team and my business analysts to see go and explore more of the power platform or they're already starting to use it and go well how do we kind of learn kind of best practices and stuff like that so it was well attended. Um, the sessions were run by MVPs, by Microsoft, and by people in the community and stuff like that. So there was a lot of stuff um, ongoing. Um, Microsoft did the the keynotes, and the keynote on the main first conference day was done was led by Charles. Um, and from uh, our point of view, obviously the big thing is that I can't remember the exact number. I want to say something like thirty six million or something like that active Power Platform users. Okay. Every wow. single wow. day. Now, that's not organisations, that's people's, that's individual licences and stuff like that, but that's huge. But as Microsoft said, that they've hardly touched the surface yet. 
with it. So I think the other thing to note, the world of AI, we've talked a lot about other podcasts and AI and ChatGBT and all that kind of stuff. That's a big thing in the Power Platform, making that work for you with kind of AI models and whether it's open AI or you can create your own now. Um, but I think more than anything is that what you're starting to see, especially with the, the toolkit in the Power Platform, is you're starting to see that a level of maturity. And I think that sounds a little bit strange given the product and the tools are still so new, but there is a level of, well, hold on a second, our, our traditional first-party biz apps have got these sets of functionalities, these controls, these best practices. Well, why hasn't Power Platform got it? And I think what was re-emphasised more than anything as the whole one of the key messages of the conference was these aren't toys. Um, it's it's not a have a go, see what you can do, go report to somebody else in the business and if it works, great. If it doesn't, don't worry about it. At the end of the day, it's a platform inside of your organisation's environment that needs to make a difference and has impact on no matter what you do. So it's designed to be a tool and a tool kit, not a toy for people to have a play with. Okay, so it's not like a hobbyist no. little player and it, it uh, is something that can bring value and, to the business. And that's where we've talked about a little bit previously, where we've talked a little bit about the citizen developer bit. Mm. What is a citizen developer? Um, and what does that mean to an organisation that's using the Power Platform? You mentioned at the start, Power Platform, it's no-code, low-code. Well, actually, if you look at my, the, the conference a couple of weeks ago, it's got the end of it, low-code, no-code, pro-code. Right, okay. So Microsoft is saying that, hold on a second, this isn't... So they are it's backtracking good. a little bit on this low-code, no-code piece. It's, it, it is a proper kind of system tool. But I guess it's a tool that, that a lot of people can turn their hand to. So as, as yes. someone who's got some who thinks in a particular way, a logical way, you could create something fairly easy and comfortable. Yep. But if you want to use that tool set um, to, to, you know, to be from a full-time developer or someone who can have those skills, you can take what's in the, the toolbox and really build something that's incredibly... Uh, functional. Yep. With now we're talking about it will have the governance and the controls around it that you would need. Yep. Um, and as you say, you'd expect probably from a, from a development tool. So it's I guess it's like if you go and buy uh, a power tool or something from a, a, a tool a, a DIY shop. If you've not got the skill set to use it, you might be able to drill a hole in the wall, or you <laughs> might be able to do something way better as well. So it's it, the tool can do way more than 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 maybe the average person, but you can at least get some benefit from it. I, I, absolutely, and I think the idea is that. It's starting to get to the point where businesses, people are starting to understand with the information that's out there, with the community that's available in kind of the forums that Microsoft provide, social media in terms of Twitter space, LinkedIn, etc. And as well as um, these conferences now, the knowledge share that you've probably seen with the BizApp space, with Business Central, with CRM, with FNO or finance supply chain management, etc., that have been there now and quite established for a period of time. Power Platform is very much kind of getting to that point where there is that true community where and belief that this is a platform that wasn't just a flash in the pan mm. and wasn't just that, oh, well, maybe, but it doesn't really fit the bill. So we it, it sounds nice, but we don't do it. 
Yeah. A couple of questions that just roll back. You mentioned, that I think it's 36 million, million active users. Is that, so to clarify clients as a active user, is that to consume the data or is that creators of apps or is, do you need, you, I'm that's assuming both. you need that, a license that, that, to consume data that, as well? That'd be both. So how the Power Platform technically works is that whether you are consuming that tool as part of your daily work or that daily work could be you're using an app that's yeah, or you're using an app, yeah. etc. The, the thing with the Power Platform is that those licenses you can, with with a Power Automate license, with a Power App license, with a Power Page license, in, uh, there, there's different types of how it all works, but a lot of the time it's like, well, if I've got the license, I can not only just use it and consume it, I can make it at the same time. And then that just becomes permission level of what you can or should and shouldn't do. Okay, so that one's clarified. That makes sense. Um, the, the other big question I always think pops up around Power Platform, especially now you're saying you're getting more complexity um, in the tool set, is when's the right time to use Power Platform? When we should we be using maybe the you know the, the, the core biz app, whether it's CRM, yep. Business Central? Is that defined or is that open to some level of interpretation? I, I still say, well, it is definitely open to a level of interpretation and I think it will remain as a level of interpretation. There are people, so I'll say there are probably traditional Finance and supply chain management, business central partners, um, or POC CRM for a moment. Those partners that if they don't do Power Platform today or they don't do CRM, and that's all that they do, they will probably continue just to use traditional code for those tools and develop inside of those tools, opposed to looking at Power Platform of what that can do. Mm -hmm. If you're a CRM partner and you do BC, etc. Well, you're using a lot of the Power Platform anyway. You're you're using kind of rules, model-driven apps. You're use you're potentially using in CRM Canvas apps with it as well. You're using Power Automate. So, to an extent, like I said before, CRM Power Platform are kind of very much kind of the same thing um, in terms of the toolkit that you've got available. Yeah. I think in terms of training the business case of what do we do, there will always be a case of do I use. Business Central, or do I put it in the Power Platform? Do I use a third-party tool, or do I do it in the Power Platform? There is always that danger that there is a tool out there you can buy on an app store, etc. And then there is an inkling that someone else in your organisation sit there going, "Well, actually, I'd rather go and develop that myself." Mm. You've got to be, you've got to have a proper return on investment and a reason why you go and create something that's already out there that's a bit more standard, because otherwise, all you're going to create is a lot of technical debt. Yeah. Um. And from that perspective, there's got to be business certification. So I think it's still open to interpretation. But I think what you're doing is when this Power Platform toolkit now, or has been, is it can work very well with the rest of your business applications, is that it isn't a case of, I've got to do that over here, this over here. It's a case of, actually, I can just extend what I need inside of Business Central and use the Power Platform to do it with, for me. And I can write rules, logic, etc., and I can be flexible how I do it, and I can take it to market that way, opposed to having to get a traditional developer to go and sit and code in Business Central. Now, I'll be clear: in Power Platform, you've got to have a te- technical mindset to go and create flows, etc. It's not just a standard end user to go do it. You've got to have a technical kind of mindset and and capability to do it. But at the same time, you don't have to be a full kind of developer that's sitting rising kind of Visual Studio code and stuff like yeah, that yeah. every day. Um, whereas the platform can allow it, 
but the idea is that you don't ha- you don't have to go that far. Now, I think from my point of view, um, we, it's the the platform is maturing enough and has to mature. So going back to your point where you talk about how many users, well, at that level of users, we've got to um, have a level of best practice and governance. Without it, well, it's going to cause Microsoft an absolute mayhem for their platforms and managing those platforms in the background. Um, but in terms of the whole business, well, how how do you manage it in terms of your business where people have got this app, that app, the other app, and who should be using what and why should they be using it, etc.? And I think that's where a lot of the theme of the conference as well, and a lot of the message of the conference is, what are the best practices that you want to put into yeah. place? Well, let's, let's move on to that, because you talked about the products maturing. Um, and I guess one of the big drivers and those arguments to keep stuff within the, the core biz app was you had all these controls that yep. weren't out there. So what, what's been added that you think is beneficial and gives a reason to maybe look at Power Apps to do certain things? I think in terms of some of the stuff that's been added in ter- that helps with the governance and the, and the management and some of those pieces. Managing environments are one thing. Um, that they're trying to put in the tool. Well, they now have that talks about kind of usage rights, license reports, solution checkers, what, how you build kind of power apps and what you're allowed to do in the environment of what you can then put with. The, the reality as well in terms of in, uh, on the governance and the management on top of that is what they're starting to give a level of that works with other tools and other applications that adds a level of control is that kind of monitoring performance piece, I think. Um well, so if something's running slow, you can pinpoint what... Is that what you're talking about, performance? It, it, it's not as far as what I call tri- telemetry that you're getting with Business Central yeah. at this moment in time. You, It will tell you... Let's forget it, that. Telemetry's only really been in Business Central probably the last three or four years. Yeah, there is a level that it will say how long flows have taken to run. Yeah. Now, you've probably got to look at the average flows over a period of time to understand whether that's quick or, sl- quick, quick or um, slow from that perspective. So... You've got to probably take some history to understand, well, has it degraded over a period of time? Now, Microsoft are trying to bring out kind of more functionality that you can create logs that last a longer period of time so you can start to create trends and analysis, say, well, actually, is my power platform degrading performance-wise over a period of time? There's also kind of tips and tricks of how you make sure apps don't run slow. Because the idea is it's very easy to go, you, you sit and read about, oh, I can create an app for visitor system, I can create an app for um, a field engineer, I can, etc. You go create it, you point at some tables, you do etc. Oh, yeah, there you go. Then all of a sudden you expose it to 20 people, you expose it to 100 people. Mm-hmm. And you don't think, actually what I should have done is built it a slightly different way to think about the performance. Obviously, with a first-party app, Microsoft have already kind of architect it in a way that scales. Whereas your app, your piece of functionality that you're creating, what have you done to consider you? Make it as efficient as possible. And and most people haven't today. They've just gone, I'll build it, and there you go, I've created you something. And they've not thought about those type of things. So Microsoft are trying to give you more, I guess, tools that is more or less sits in the background of the Power Platform that isn't the sexy stuff that people say, oh, look how cool this is. Um, it's probably more cool stuff for people like us to say, well, actually, we can think about what, what you're doing that's good and what you're doing that actually needs to be revisited because you're going to cause yourself some pain. Now, we've seen pain on performance things massively in Business Central over the years and NAV and and the old AX and the old traditional CRM. If you do things in the wrong way, you will hinder your system. 
Power Platform's no different to that, but the idea is that because it's been hard and you've just been given this toolkit of no code, low code, it's just get off and do it, I don't think there's been a mindset to say you need to think about what you're doing. And I think that was a lot of the messaging from the conference, you need to think about what you're doing because whatever you do does have an impact. Okay, well, let's let's push on to an individual, one of the Power Apps, which is Power Automate. Yeah. Um, and, and can we give some examples of things that they've improved on that which is going to help? So right now, um, they've, they, they've obviously added comments recently. Um, it's been about a little while, so you can add comments to what your flows are doing. So is that would that appear? So if someone's looking at your code later. There's there's some dialogue yeah, around you, it within the flow and the steps. You can yeah. add comments within, so you can state what it's doing. Because otherwise, all you're doing is looking at kind of schema conditions, loops, filters, etc. And you don't really understand what it's doing. Those comments can add context to say, within the tool, the app, etc. That you're using it with, this step is doing this bit in the system. Okay. Okay. Whereas, so you can. So it's a bit like a developer like commenting code to an extent. This is what's happening. So, um, so from a support perspective, it's easy to look back at if someone else has got to pick up your flow that no one else has touched previously. And then off the back end of that, they have also now uh, going to introduce, between August and September, a couple of things which will come into, I think it's public preview, but we get our hands on it. Firstly, versioning. So a um, <laughs> bit like... Think like SharePoint, or you place a piece of code in an in another system, and you you take a copy of that code, you version it, and the idea is you've always got that previous version available that you can roll back to if yeah. necessary. Currently, today in Power Automate and Workflows, you don't have that. Okay. It's a well, you'd have to say it's a completely separate naming, and then bring you need to kind of more or less create a completely different flow, and then go. Do you know what? But versioning, we hope that you're going to be able to kind of roll back between versions as well. So the idea is if that flow you put it live, ah. Uh, Something. broke something we'll roll back to a previous version that, that we know did work just didn't have the quick, additional quick solution yeah. so that's coming um, also the ability there's this concept and it's very loose at this moment in time but monitoring performance of flows so they're talking about kind of being able to give you an insight into the into the kind of management area of power platform that gives you some insights to how your flows are performing which goes back to a point that you made earlier a bit like going to long-running flows, what's good, what's bad, what you need to do, something workarounds. At this moment in time is that that's lacking. You can go create, but unless you go and create your own kind of flow management flow, mm. well, you don't really have that much in the background. And I think the idea is that I can only assume that partners as well as Microsoft are getting lots of queries to say, well, why has that now gone slower? Why is this working like this? Well, it never used to be like that. Now this is giving you the ability to pinpoint pinpoint it and actually diagnose it and support it and do something about it. That's the start of it. Yeah. And then also log reten that comes hand in hand with Microsoft doing log retentions. So by default, unless you save it elsewhere, Power Automate will log your flows, your history for 28 days and then they delete it. They don't want it on their platform. No. They're, they're not going to just include it free of, free of charging the standard license. They go, well, do you know what? Now we're going to give you the ability to put it in a separate retention area. I'm sure Microsoft will find a way to charge you for that storage. But the idea is that you then can just do that will help with your monetary performance and your analytics over yeah, time. Yeah, you can go backwards. Yeah. So it is a Power Automate, I think, is probably getting a lot more of the, as well as the overall environment you can turn to be managed, Power Automate is getting a lot around kind of best practice 
in my view, around what you should and shouldn't do and tools to help you analyze and stuff like that. Because very much it is the workflow tool that is cross-application. So whether it's talking to just inside the CRM, CRM to BC, it's talking to BC and, and Word, it's talking to BC and Excel, it's talking to BC and Shopify, whatever it is, because that tool is just going to be everywhere. They're still releasing lots of connectors for different... Yeah, ab- absolutely. There are lots of connectors and you can go create your own connector. So the platform is kind of, as long as you've got a REST API where you're connecting it to, Power Automate goes, yeah, no problem, I can create that. I can go pull, push, data, um, on change, delete, whatever you want it to do, I'll say in principle, it's very flexible. So with that being able to be used arguably in lots in lots of places, um, my view is that that's why Microsoft is spending so much time doing a bit more governance around it. Okay, okay. So Power Automate's had quite a lot put... Anything else around Power Pages or uh, Power Pages? So it, it's a bit of a techie one. What we learned at the conference, um, and it was coming anyway. But Bootstrap is kind of the the um, in terms of like the styling technique um, from a web design developer point of view. And uh, currently, Power Pages are on an older version, and it's going to go to and Microsoft are going to bring it up to what the community and typical kind of Bootstrap people are used to in Bootstrap version five. Which brings with it updated features, but also brings Microsoft up to the level that they should be at. And then that's going to be available, we believe, over the summer months. But it means that anybody that's on it, it's not just a point click. There you go, I'm now at the next one. There might be conflicts as you go through to kind of take your current system, your current Power Pages website tool, portal, from one version to the other version. So is that is that a design it's the design, yeah. It's, it's, it's layout. It's the, the ability. Uh, uh, it, it's kind of liquid, etc. It's the ability to to what CSS style sheets, etc. It's it's what the look and feel of the the skins of what those web pages, those portals look like, essentially. And Bootstrap V five is the kind of the latest version of that styling technique okay okay um so we'll, we'll move on down is there anything else in terms of the individual apps or the only one thing for me and one one big thing that we've that that came out of the conference as well that what, what we took out and learned a little bit more that will help us as a, as a partner as well is how to make apps look a little bit sexier um because power apps you can create no problem at all create a table create a page you can see it on your phone or your tablet or whatever and it talks back to whatever you want it to talk back to, and it's functional, but historically, it's looked a bit naff. Okay. Um, very kind of block, clunky-looking. Clunky Even though it's functional and it works well, clunky-looking. Now, there are creator kits available. There's plenty of styling techniques that people are now starting to share with the community and stuff like that to, and kind of make it very kind of Google kind of orientated as well in terms of like, the soft boxes and the ticks and the crosses and the colouring schemes and the gla- uh, kind of like a transparent glass front end on the, on the buttons and stuff like that. There is now lots of techniques available to go and do it. Now, we've got to sit there and go, we can spend ages playing to make it look lovely, but our customers aren't going to spend lots of time paying us to make it look lovely. But I think now we're at a point where the tool is functional, but we also make, need it to make make it look a bit better. 
Um, and we've probably got more tools available now uh, and more resources available now than we've had previously. And even in the early days, it was typically going back to style sheets and stuff like that that you'd have to overlay onto your power apps. Now, you don't always have to go and do that. There are components and things inside of the uh, available in the community and available just out of the power platform that actually you don't need a web developer, you don't need a style sheet to make it look nice. So one of the other things you'd mentioned before we uh, we sat down today, uh, which probably speaks to our wider audience who traditionally is to our Business Central um, episodes on, on talk, Techman Talks Dynamics, something has also been released around those triggers. Oh, I know yeah. this, was, this was not at the conference, this thing in the last 24 hours. <laughs> this, this, yeah, this was, this was yesterday evening on Twitter. I did um, see you retweeted it, so I thought I'd throw I mean, it in there. And you can give me, you can, no preparation, you can give me um, what's going on there. So... Business Central has this concept called events. Yeah. It, it's 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 a bit like a workflow. The idea is something happens and do something. Mm-hmm. Um, so business events um, in in Business Central, you can create some custom ones, but then there are also some standard ones that Business Central and Microsoft allow you to do. So upon an event happening, some this business event triggers now. What you're going to be able to do now is you're going to be able to connect Power Automate to that. And as a result of Power Automate connecting to it, it can go do something, i.e. go notify, go send a message, go do something, go update CRM and put that record, that order record or that shipment record to complete. Go and, if dare I say, you connect, um, you create a custom trigger and you ship a product at the warehouse. You then connect with clever shipping agent integration, or you connect it to a courier. That courier returns you back a um, tracking number. Goes into a specific field inside a business center against that shipment. That shipment's posted. Shipment posted. Trigger goes. Trigger says post. No problem at all. Power Automate runs. Well, if that field of tracking number contains data, go pull the field which says what the what the uh, courier was. Go pull that tracking number and send the customer off. Yeah. A, a, an email with that message or even better still with Power Automate connected to a text message service and send the customer a text message. How used to we, are we personalised when something gets shipped from an online website that we've gone to that we get a text message say it's been picked, it will be with you so and so or Hermes have now or Every or DPD have now got your parcel and it will be delivered between da 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 and da da da. Yeah. The idea is that we're not going to get to that level because we don't know the timescales but we can say as a customer going it's now left our premises and it's with you. Again, that whole customer journey piece enabled better with these kind of triggers. Um, so, it shows like the, the our personal life where we got used to, as you said, having that tracking ability. We want to know yep. it's coming. He's now coming into the, the business. It becomes norm, doesn't it, and expected. So that, that's, that's available. Uh, in principle, that's starting to be available roughly about now as, as the... The latest updates, I believe, from Microsoft in terms of their monthly updates go through. I believe those business event triggers um, is, is about to be available with uh, with the Power Automate connector. So, so we, again, we're seeing that you talked about at the beginning and as we start to wrap up that maturity of the apps that we are seeing Microsoft continue to invest in launching yeah. these, uh, these, these business event triggers where in, in, in certain biz apps that we can then hook straight into uh, the Power App platform. Uh, uh, yes, and I think... It's a going going back to your point where it's a case of the the areas and the, the reasons and the case business case of why you use it or how you use the platform. I think 
Microsoft aren't defining exactly when and how you should use it. That is still the decision of the customer, the partner like us, to help customer edu- educate of what you should use it for. But with Microsoft doing things like this around the triggers in, in Business Central, it allows people to go away and think, oh, could it? And how, could it? I've never been able to do that really before unless I go and write a load of code. Mm. Now, I've still got to go create a flow and, and a trigger and all that kind of stuff to make it work, but it starts to kind of bring kind of these ideas front and centre of mind, go, can I? And we go, yeah, you can. And I think from our perspective, um, the maturity across the tools and then the expansion of the tools going into more areas and more capability in things like Business Central is sitting there going, the Power Platform isn't just something that sits on the side and you've got Business Central here. It's Power Platform, you could argue, is layered, whether you want to say on top or underneath, of Business Central. And you are using that platform to help enhance and give a better experience to a user, but also ultimately your customer experience as well. So it is very much kind of going hand in hand with each other to say, well, if you're not using the Power Platform with Business Central, you're probably already behind the times. It's a bit like if you weren't using Power Platform with CRM, three years ago, you're behind the times. So we know there's huge demand and interest in this. We, we ran an event uh, six weeks ago or whatever for our for Techman customers. Yeah. And we had about 64 people come. We had to close the bookings. And, and they nearly all turned up, which is quite unusual for an event. You normally get quite a high dropout. We yep. saw a load of enthusiasm. There were loads of questions. Microsoft are here presenting. So we know the interest is there. We know that the product continues to evolve, mature, become a better solution. Um, Obviously, from your team's point of view, we know for our customers, we're more than happy to have those conversations where it's going. We've also got a couple more events coming up in October. We've got our yep. customer day, which we, we do every year, um, but we were extending that by a second day this year where we're doing more technical uh, and deep dives, hands-on, bring your laptops, longer sessions, 90 minutes or whatever. I'm sure there's going to be some power platform content over both days. Yeah. Um, of course, that's for Techman customers. We'll, we'll throw that out there. To, I know the say the date will be going out this week or two yep. so that's good so we're trying to we're trying to help customers and end users create those business benef- cases yeah as well. create the business case get the benefits we know there's i mean I, we we were talking about this there's the there's the planning beforehand about why are we doing this like you said don't just dive in what's the license implication we talked about content creators or consumers yep. of that you need a license so we can help with the uh, you know get, getting making sure you've got the lock license correct and we've got it in the most efficient way of doing it so it's saving you money because Microsoft have improved the licenses I know we've done this already on a podcast but they have Power Pages has improved definitely hasn't yeah, it yeah Power, Power Pages they've improved kind of Power Apps is that they re again I know Microsoft have up, updated their kind of pricing and done the 9% kind of price alignment stuff mm. but even if you state that the, they, they lowered the cost of Power Apps as well in the past kind of 12 months or so so the route the 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 ease to market from a cost point of view when it comes to the power platform the barrier is actually quite low from a license cost point of view it's the it's the cost of of getting to the point that you truly understand what you want to achieve because again you need that, that given path and i think you people every organization needs people and partners um and to work collaboratively to create that kind of roadmap it's it's no different to like i say first party true biz up system you create a roadmap of what you want to what you want to ultimately achieve and if you can't outline that then you're going to create a bit of a spaghetti of a mess but i think from our point of view we're already starting to see a 
even since that event for our CRM Power Platform Customer Day, we've already got one customer that has worked with us. And we've sat working with them because they wanted to take on some of it as well um, around starting to think about how they take a quote to an approval outside of um, Business Central into uh, into approval process, but they also need to do some additional checks and checks and balances, I guess, of that quote. It's not just a yes or a no based on a margin. It's a, I need to fill out this information. I need to check what products are on there. It was medical-based industry, so they've got some additional process to go through. Well, why don't you have a bit of a model-driven app that stores those fields, manages the approval, and then once it's approved, you've got that record there for for the future so you can always have it for regulatory kind of checks mm. but then it writes back to writes back to business center says approved you can then make that as an order currently that was kind of manual emails going through an excel spreadsheets that's that is essentially model driven app um embedded inside of teams with a power automating flow email linked back to business central all off a quote mm. and you sit there just going Currently, that's very manual. Now, the process they're starting to get to, it's going to take a little time for them to work through everything that they want to go through, but that is going to be digitised on system and joined and joined together and something that they can ultimately better report on, have better visibility of, opposed to just lots of files sitting in a, in a SharePoint site somewhere that you don't really know where it's connected to. Okay, great way to finish with a really nice working example of what we've done. So, well, thanks for, for coming out, coming and, and sharing the, uh, you know, your insights and, and what you learned over at uh, the Power Platform European Conference. Uh, appreciate your time. Um, and everybody who's obviously sat through this will continue to derive more content on the podcast around the biz apps and the Power Platform uh, throughout the year. But thank you for joining us today. And if you've got any comments or subjects you'd like us to cover, that's always a difficult <laughs> topic for us. What should we cover next? So anything that you think might be useful, stick them on the, uh, the comments. That would always be useful for us. So thanks very much. And we'll see you soon on another episode of Techman Talks Dynamics. Dynamics.